Welcome to the greatest soccer show on this planet of ours, this earth. Oh, wow. Rooster and the villain and the seagull. I'm just going to add you right now, Jake. You've been, <laughs> been at this long enough. Welcome, everybody. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's good. You know, starting to warm up here a little bit. All the uh, snow and freeze is starting to melt off. We've been, you know, it's been so cold the last 10 days here, but... Things are good, man. No complaints. How are you, bud? My uh, my sister sent me some texts from uh, Holland, Zealand, Michigan area, and it looked like a shit ton of snow last week. Yeah, it was crazy. But we also got nine inches in Maryland. Not my wife, but but we did snow wise. Got nine inches last week. Hey, yo! It's supposed to be seventy <laughs> degrees Friday, though. Nice. What's the weather in El Paso? Now that the greatest soccer podcast in the world starts off weather. Jake, uh-huh. <laughs> what you got with El Paso? It's it's been good. Like, uh, well, getting better. Uh, rain the past two days, um, but before that, it was like freezing temperatures, getting up to I think like low fifties. But I think the rest of this week should be warm, anywhere from the low sixties to high sixties. So, how much precipitation do you get on a like like how often does it rain in El Paso? Isn't it very sunny? Uh, yeah, I think it's like. Desert, sixty maybe, maybe three hundred days plus of sunshine every year. Damn, um, he doesn't know how that feels. Michigan's probably the opposite. No, oh, yeah, we get like five days of sunshine. Are you kidding me? Like, I take a picture when I see the sun. I'm like, ooh, sun. Picture. In the winter, but in the summer, you guys get a lot of sun, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty good. But like the, so, I think Grand Rapids, Michigan, is like one of the cloudiest uh, cities in the country um, as far as like number of days. I know they're the least number of days of sunlight in, um, in Michigan, but yeah, man, I mean, we get sunshine. It's just not as much as you think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, uh, the problem with the calendar of, of us soccer aligning with the rest of Europe, right? You got all these Northern States and you got all the, uh, but then you have the heat in the summer down, down South. So there's no really, good way to do it here in america apparently boys i uh I, I played this week i gotta say that like uh last two games i got like eight goals and a Damn. couple assists yeah like the like the uh, la- this last week like a guy just opened up let me have my left foot a little snipe sally bottom corner and then the other one like i just beat the keeper to the ball and like i toe poked it like past it like his shoulder upper 90 it was good. Nice. I, I, I haven't been in this good of shape in a while, so it's it's nice playing that way. They they let you out of the net. Oh man, indoor, yeah, it's all, all like all all bets off in indoor. Like I'm running around. Oh, so you're scoring from the keeper position? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I was about to say that'd no. be impressive. I, more impressive. I'd love to see someone just freestyling out there. It's five on five indoor. It's funny, <laughs> man. Don't. Like the the guys who don't play keeper. Like, but they get stuck in that position. They'll they'll catch the ball, drop it, and start running with it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time I play, I have to take some rounds in uh, keeper. Everybody on the team has to occasionally because we don't have a. Uh, there's no thirty six year old full time keepers. There's not that many. Jimmy's a, Jimmy's a rare one uh, for outdoor. For outdoor, yeah, and like I think I was I was talking to some guys like this past week. Like I might be retiring from outdoor soon too like it's my knees I, I, 
got really old there. But uh, yeah, man, like indoor is fun. I, I run all the time in indoor, and um, yeah, the pace is perfect for me at, the, at this point. It's it's my favorite game. All right, so yeah, we've covered a lot of different bases, but we have a new segment tonight. I think we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, it's called Jeez. Five Questions, and I have prepared five questions about Brighton for Jake. Jimmy has prepared five questions about Spurs for me. And then I'm uh, running out of the <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> Phil, uh, words. Yes. <laughs> Finish sentence. Jake, yes. who you got, who, who's your five questions for? Villa. Villa. It was harder than I thought because, like, like, I've – obviously learned about the team through Jimmy, but like, as far as like the news that I check for every morning while I'm uh, taking my morning constitutional um, is always fought mob immediately fought mob followed teams, Brighton news. And that's about it for my premier league checkups, unless it's like exactly, a game week. Yeah. I, I kind of pay attention to both your teams if I like, catch them on, but I'm definitely not out there for news on the regular. So my questions have ranged, you know, I've got some very random stuff in here too. So it's not all current events for me. So I'll be curious to see where this goes. I feel like we're going to fill a lot of time with, uh, with our questions. So why don't I start it off as uh, Jake Brighton question. Number one, are you ready, Jake? Hit me. Why doesn't anyone on the team want to shoot the ball? Ever? <laughs> you guys, you have 80% possession and like, Two shots. What the fuck's going on? Okay, so uh, in the case of that boring, 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 boring match against Wolves that you guys watched, um, as you know, we're in a uh, injury crisis. So the guys that should be taking shots, guys like Pedro and uh, Welbeck, uh, based on like the way our team is set up right now with the lack of wingers, Matoma's out, Adunga's out, all those guys are elsewhere. Those guys are playing, like if you notice, Pedro plays very, very deep right now. He also goes out on the left wing, especially when Ferguson comes in. Um, the guys that should be shooting right now and being in positions to shoot uh, have no one to give them that service. Gross can kind of do it. But he's not really the type of dude to like take people on the same way Matoma does or Solly March did. Uh, he's more of a pass from deep areas and stuff like that. So, um, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm sure you miss Matoma causing havoc up that left hand side too, because he's good for setting people up and uh, taking it himself as well. Yeah, and I think um, if Barco doesn't go on loan. Um, which I, the, the the club is saying he probably won't. Um, I believe that he'll be able to either fill in for Matoma or fill in for Estupion, so that left side will be looking really good. The The wide players are all starting to come back. Fati can play wide. He's coming back. Solly March, as I mentioned, to Dingra, Matoma, all those guys are getting ready to come back at some point or another within the next month, month and a half, and uh, I think we'll start seeing more goals again. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, because every time I've ca- caught Brighton lately, I've usually got a two or three bucks on the line for Brighton. I do support <laughs> you in that way, which is probably not always the, the best idea. Although you haven't lost in, what, like seven games or something? Yeah. Um, and two. 
Two clean sheets in a row. Two clean sheets, no goals. Nil, yeah. nil. Those are the two Brighton games that I've watched the most all season. So that, yeah. that question is really born out of all that. <laughs> yeah, it's been been a little bit frustrating, but at least we aren't giving up the counterattacks. Not for lack of trying. Wolves had some good chances, but hmm. yeah. All right. You got a question for Jimmy there? All right. So my first question for Jimmy is, and it's not necessarily a fun one, but uh, I've seen a lot of uh, interest in this guy. Does Dougie Louise leave in the summer? You know, i i I think it. I think it's definitely possible. Um, it's not. It's not impossible. That it could happen. Um, you know, financial. I guess it's not financial fair play anymore. Right now, it's like profit and sustainability rules. Um, <clears throat> you know, Villa's been spending a lot lately. There might be some balancing that they can do there, considering what they brought him in for, and some of the numbers you're talking about. You know, if the right offer comes in, you know, if if somebody came in like Arsenal comes in and pays 65, 70 million for him, um, it'd be hard to turn down that kind of money, um, especially in the total project we're investing in. Um, you know, I think we'll have some more players back that can fill some of that attacking and creative space getting emmy buendia back next year um you know jacob ramsey staying healthy there's lots of and you know mcginn can rotate through there tielemans being healthy can play in there um you know i think we have some guys on the team already that can fill some of those roles so i don't think it's impossible you know it allows us to spend some money on another luxury somewhere else um so yeah it's, it's it's definitely possible that he goes and It'd be sad, but also important to the overall club goals, I guess. Jake, any thoughts on that? Just uh, I mean, it's that's a tough situation. He's he's been my my favorite part to watch on Villa, and I just like all I see is Arsenal's interested. This guy's interested. This club's interested, but I, I think it'll be really hard to keep a keep a hold of a player like that, but. I mean, Villa's got money, especially if they qualify for Champions League. Champions League, you know, may change that equation. Um, You know, certainly, you know, it it, it might be another conversation, you know, if they won the league. But even you even look back at Leicester, right, when they won it, uh, uh, um, Conte uh, left anyway to go to Chelsea. So it's, you know, it it does happen. Um, You know, guys will move on even if you're successful, so. Yes, no, good question. All right, so I'm asking Mike a Spurs question. Yep. I'm All sure right. Uh, hope I know it. For, forgive me. Forgive me some of the preamble, but I just wanted to like put them in as yeah, little re- little refresher milestones for uh, for the overall tone of the five questions here. So sitting in fifth spot at 40 points, eight points off of first, three points off the top four. And you still have a fourth round FA Cup with Man City. What are your now readjusted expectations for the rest of the season? Uh yes, that's a good question. I mean, there's still a small part of me that wants to be in the title race still. Eight points out. We're getting Madison uh back. We're getting Sonny will come back from the Asian Cup. We'll both we'll get Sar and Basuma back. Uh, after AFCON so like that's where my heart still is but realistic expectations 
I'd say it's realistic to believe we will lose to Man City in the next round of the FA Cup. I hope not. But if we get by City, then you're talking, uh, you know, you could be anybody after that. So FA Cup's still very much in, in the thoughts. But I think success really would be Champions League qualifying. Honestly, Europa League would be fine as well. European football again. I've had one year off from it. I really miss it. So Champions League's the ideal. Europa's fine. Conference League, okay. I'll, I will travel to Bosnia and play on a Thursday <laughs> night somewhere. AKA, I'll turn on Paramount Plus and it'll be 3 p.m. on a Thursday here and I can watch it. So that's that's the goals for this year. No, I, I think that's that's all pretty well adjusted. Um, I think it would, it's easier now to have the expectation than maybe at the beginning of the season. Things were a little uncertain with you know Harry leaving um, the eleventh hour, yeah, new coach, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think you guys are in, in, in a good spot. So I think those are fair expectations. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> all right, uh, Jake. I'm going to take you back a little bit. When you had an erection for Graham Potter, like <laughs> right in Graham Potter, what did you love most about him? What What is the next club that gets him uh, hoping for as peak Graham Potter? <sighs> Think back. I want you to put your because wow. <laughs> I know I know it's very hard for you to say anything nice about him these days. So I wanted to see you squirm a little bit. No, he helped. He helped build the foundation that Deserby's kind of sitting on top of right now. I mean, honestly, Tony Bloom helped build it, but whatever computer program he's using, but um, maybe even Football Manager. Uh, I guess I just like the success, to be quite honest, because a lot of the times his shit was some of the some of the games we played were just so frustrating under him. Like looking back and. Like, obviously, like, ninth place was a big deal. Staying up was a big deal. And then ninth place was cool. He – What was his style of football like that, that he was playing with Brighton? It was like a – it was like a sort of a possession-based thing, but it was – um, how to explain it? I mean, we got – like, we didn't score as much. The best thing I could compare it to is – the locomotive's first ever coach was this guy named Mark Lowry, and he played like with a diamond, like a midfield diamond. And it was different from like the modern like like possession, but we're gonna we're gonna try to take a shit ton of shots kind of thing. It was just possession, and that's all it was. Like sort of like actually last game we played, but regardless. Um it was like possession, like without scoring, and you still got hit on the counterattack. Like Yeah, it sounds awful. I think we went like under him. There was like some long stretch of like home games where we didn't score at the Amex at all under him. So I guess the only thing I really liked about him, I guess in terms of tactics, and maybe this is just me being prisoner of the moment under what Deserby's doing, but um, it would just be the success, like staying up and then ninth place. That's fair. That's a good answer. Good answer. All right, you rolling for Jim? Yes. So my next question is, of of the four levels of play, so goalkeeper, defense, midfield, attack, what is, in your opinion, what is the weakest of those four levels for Villa? 
Hmm. I would say, you know, recency bias. Um, you know, basically since uh, the end of the festive fixtures, um, even through that stretch, going back to Sheffield United at home, that tie, you know, we haven't played well. The, um, you know, some really tough results for us in there, um, especially as we try to hold on to this top four race, um, has really coincided with Pau Torres being hurt and uh, Clement Langley stepping in. Um, he just the, the the flow of the game is different. The distribution from the back is different. The defense is weak there. I think that's a that's a position that um, we show that we're really thin, especially with Ming's already being out for the season. And then also the the continued strange approach to the right back position with Ezra Kansa primarily playing there over Matty Cash. Um, you have to wonder like how much Emery really trusts Cash out there. Um, you know, I, I like some of our depth with Hector Moreno and Luca Dean. Luca Dean's been playing great before he got hurt, but both those guys are thirty. Um, so I mean, I think defense for us is is you know as much as I sort of touted our center back depth right coming into the season. We had technically on paper Kansa, Diego Carlos, Tyrone Mings, and Pau Torres. Like that's great depth. And we're like scraping onto that, especially if we're playing concepts right back. So defense for us is the weakest phase, um, no doubt in my mind. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. So just in general, tell me um, sort of your knowledge, thoughts, feelings, opinions on the two big January signings in Timo, Timo Werner and, uh, uh, Dragvison, um, uh, bringing both those guys in pretty early in the window. Uh, yeah, I mean, early me. business. Uh, I said this on the thread. Early business is good business. I'm I'm used to our business stringing along for the entirety of the transfer window. And if you think about that, you know, we got two players in the door already, already acclimating to the team early January, where normally you're seeing players come in late in the window. So any early business is good business. It was fun to see Timo get an assist against United in the last game, immediately contributing just gives us another option. I think he's, uh, you know, like we've always talked about it on this podcast, any ex Chelsea player that leaves there and does well is a, is a someone we like. So I'm hoping he has that kind of renaissance at Tottenham, but I'd be happy for him to come in, start games, provide energy, kind of in like a Lucas Mora type role, um, especially when we get some more players back. I, I, I would think that, you know, he's going to start some of those games out left, but I would also think once Sonny comes back, they'll find a way to obviously get Sonny on the field and then Richarlson will start up top. So I would imagine Timo Werner's coming off the, the bench later part of the season, but pretty happy about it no complaints about that signing it's pretty low risk to do a line uh, a loan for um a loan to buy for the season so i was happy about it reg Ragusen, um you know i didn't know much about him prior to the signing he looks like a big tall bulky uh, center back which is a position of need he did get in for the united game a little bit Looked, he's, uh, he's huge. He's huge, right? He's like six four, six five, something yeah, like he's that. Six four. He's a big dude. I, I, I think he's Serbian. Is that right? 
Oh, Romanian. Romanian. Yeah. He's got a man bun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually do you, do you happen to know the fee? Uh I should probably know that as a Tottenham person, but do you remember 31. The Thirty-one. The fee. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean Which is honestly a good price for that age, like today's climate, like and for him to to pick, you know, to to verbally, you know, say like I'd I'd like to go Tottenham over Bayern is it's also saying something too. It's yeah, that's pretty a pretty cool. wild end of that uh, transfer because it seemed, you know, if Bayern is on the table and apparently they're offering more money than Tottenham, it is wild that he chose Tottenham. And let's say, you know, let's be positive for a second and say Romero, regardless of the red and yellow cards, is a starting center back in the Premier League. That's a very good player. Van de Ven so far looks like a very good player. If Ragusin, however you say it, comes in, Dreg- Dregus, Russ, then all of a sudden we have three young center backs on long-term contracts. So, yeah, it's a great signing. I, I'm pretty happy to have that position of need filled in the January window. It's fun to see him, see him come in. Cool. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, good question there. All right. Uh, Jake. You guys are due a pretty massive summer window as far as outgoing business is concerned, per usual. I'm sure Chelsea will pay you hundreds of millions for something. <laughs> uh, I want you to use your crystal ball to predict who is being sent out and for approximately how much and predict how much you guys are going to have in outgoing transfers this summer. Kind of a um, neat question for uh, – although you could just freestyle it. Yeah. Um I think this could probably be one of the one of the craziest, most potentially dangerous summers for us. Um, I think Matoma will leave. Um, he's been rumored to go to Barcelona for a while. Um, but judging by what we talked about in our text messages today, they might not have the money to do that. Um, but yeah, I know they've they've been very interested in him. Um, I know we just got him this past summer, but I think Jao Pedro is not long for the club. Um, Deserby said so himself in multiple interviews. Um, got him for 30. Like, honestly, the way he's playing, like 80-plus at this point. Um, What's Matoma's number? I don't know. Matoma is – Where are they at, where they at contract? Uh, I know Pedro's probably That's got a bunch question. of years left, but how many years does uh, Matoma have left on his deal? Like, that will affect the prices too, like yeah. how much they have left. Matoma signed, I think, this summer. He signed a new deal, or maybe last winter. I know that he got re up to, I think, maybe 2026. I know Ferguson is 28, maybe 29. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He signed a big extension. Yeah. I think with Enciso's injury, I think uh, he doesn't leave. I think he stays for another season. Um, he got robbed in the Puskas, Puskas, Puskas Awards. He's- I've always called it Puskas. Yeah, that was the goal of the year. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I think he stays. Uh, I think Ferguson will go. Um, someone will pay a lot of money for him. Probably Chelsea. Um, What's his price tag? Hundred million. Hundred million. Like you're gonna uh, if it's Chelsea, it'll be a hundred million because they're gonna they're gonna pay for potential. Yeah, I think if he goes somewhere else, it'll probably be cheaper because I don't think anyone's gonna play by play by those rules. Um, I think with the addition of Barco, depending on how he does on loan, I think uh, Stupion is going to be hard to hold on to. 
Um, you are you really are going to have a lot of outgoings. Yeah, it's going to be. He's expensive too, right? Yeah, he's he's going to be very very valuable. But the the guy replacing him um, has the potential to be like even better. Like the the amount of praise that's being sung of Barco by some South American legends is just insane. Um, Henshawood will obviously stay. I don't know. I don't think Tyreek Lamptey will be a uh, like a transfer out, but I think with this year's injury, I think something's going to happen with him as far as like a roster move. Um, other than that, I can't think of anyone going. I don't know anyone that wants Welbeck or Solly March. Lewis Gross. Dunk, I think, will be at Brighton Gross. until the end. No, I think Gross is – He's in his thirties now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he goes anywhere. Um I mean Billy Gilmore is someone that people could be looking at at twenty two years old. Um He seems like a he, good fit for you guys. I I love that kid. He is he's been more I think more than anyone else, he's been player of the match for me in multiple matches. The guy's just good. Yeah. Always happy to see it. Um, but other than that, I think, yeah, I think the main ones are going to be Pedro Ferguson, Matoma. So and you're then, looking at potentially 300 million ish in outgoing business. That's going to be, that'd be pretty wild to see. I mean, if I think if Stupion stays healthy, honestly, like if, if I was to pick someone that's going to be the best of that bunch, I think a Stupion, um, I think he could go. If someone in Spain wanted him, I think he could fit right in on a really good Spanish team or, I mean, Premier League as well. But, yeah, I think Estupion of the bunch, he's going to be the one I'm going to be most sad to see go. Interesting. Well, thank you very much, very much for your answer. Yeah. <laughs> the summer's going to so, suck. This is so, this is so <laughs> polite and formal, boys. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Proper I bow football. to you. Thank you. Proper football men. <laughs> yes. All right, have it. So, couldn't turn my mute off. I'm sorry. No I've, been, I've been drinking Topo Chico all day, and I'm like, I'm bougie. trying to mute and get the burps out quick. You're a bougie bitch. How much does a Topo Chico cost in uh, El Paso? I don't know, <laughs> but my rich ass wife goes to Costco like once every like two months, maybe, and comes back with like three or four twenty packs of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I be drinking it all the time. I'm a dick hop water and non-alcoholic Heinekens at the moment. <laughs> I'm looking forward to drinking the real stuff though, Jimmy. <laughs> I've been I've been drinking I've been drinking Mio a lot lately, so I'm, yes. I'm well hydrated. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh current current table right now. Um Liverpool is up on you guys by five points. City is tied with you guys. But with a game in hand, you got Tottenham not far behind at 40. And so my third question is, can you guys keep pace for the rest of the season for those Champions League spots? I think it, I think it'll depend a lot on what happens on Friday. And, that, you know, Friday was we're, our FA Cup game against Chelsea. 
if we keep going in that, it's going to add to what is going to quickly become a very congested calendar for us with Premier League games, FA Cup, and uh, Europa League games uh, all in there. Um, you know, largely we came out of the first half pretty healthy. You know, started to catch up with us a little bit there at, towards the end. You know, Torres and Tielemans injuries. Um, you know, we're not super deep at some of those positions. And so I think we're going to struggle a lot, especially if we keep going deep in FA Cup and Europa League. Um, I think that getting into that fifth spot, which could potentially be a Champions League spot next year with the expanded uh, format for Champions League, um, it would be, um, you know, a fair assessment of slip. I, we might not be a top four team this year. That's tough. I, I got money on you guys. You guys better not screw this up. I, I don't, I don't see us. I don't see us keeping, I, I definitely don't see us keeping pace assuredly with Liverpool and city. I think they're like cities about to go into, you know, uh, Firing on all cylinders, yeah. Um, and Liverpool has been, you know, as dominant as anybody, pretty all, pretty much all season. Um, I, I think that it's going to be really hard for for them to keep pace. I think that you're going to talk about them too, and the next bracket town will be like uh, Villa, Spurs, and um, Arsenal. Uh, and Arsenal, I mean, like West Ham is. They'd have to keep going, going really hot in the Premier League to get into that conversation. But those three teams are the next kind of phase, and so somewhere in there with amongst those teams is a, a fair assessment of where I think we'll finish. Um, I just don't think we can keep pace with Liverpool and City. Did Did anyone else feel really shitty when De Bruyne came back and it wasn't like he was injured at all? Very like, much so. He yeah, he had that long. His hair was like a little bit longer. Like he just had a time on the couch chilling playing video games, came back a little extra ginger on top of that head and yeah, right to it. Ridiculous. I was like, uh, he scored, he scored that goal and I was like, fuck, here we go. Yeah. And Halan posted an Instagram post yesterday that showed him lacing up his boots on uh, grass again. Like I missed this. It said, so yeah. yeah. He's, we'll he's coming back. Friday, so. Unfortunately in the, uh, the FA cup. Does does Roy Keane have a kid in the Premier League that could injure him or what? I don't think that Roy Keane should have any children at all. <laughs> uh, all right, um, Mike, number three. Um, and if you can't, it's okay. Uh, but this is Tottenham related. Okay. Uh, what can you tell? What can you tell me about Joe Lewis and his guilty plea today? Do you think this will have an impact at the club? Uh, I don't even know who Joe Lewis is. So Joe Lewis is the owner. Like he owns the trust that owns Enoch. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. Yeah. He entered a guilty plea uh, today for, um, insider trading. He'd been passing on, um, some right. inside secrets to like, uh, his personal pilots and like, you know, romantic partners, so on and so forth. um, he Joe could possibly still the billionaire, the billionaire yeah. and founder of the company who owns the Premier League club Tottenham Hotspur pleaded guilty to securities fraud in court on Wednesday. The 86-year-old 
British businessman was indicted in the United States in July for orchestrating a brazen insider trading scheme. Uh, it sounds not good, Jimmy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't know who Joe Lewis was, but other. Than- Sorry, I wasn't. I, like I said, I wasn't trying to out you. You could, I, you could have said. You could have said I don't want to talk about it, or like I, I don't have much to add. No, I gotta own it. I gotta own it at this point. I always think the face of the club is Levy. Moco Spurs yeah. has no comment at this time. Moco Spurs has no, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. If if he goes to jail, what happens to his super yacht? He can't use his super yacht right now. He can't. He can only be in Florida, New York, or Georgia. He can't uh, go anywhere else. So. Jesus, his art collection is estimated to be worth one billion, and includes works by Picasso, Matisse. Lucian Freud and sculptor Henry Moore, along with an NFT of Emerson Royale's no look pass against Sporting CP. What? What? <laughs> That's why would why would he that be to no jail anywhere? Just for that. Yeah, oh it almost God. made me think like maybe I prefer the Saudis. <laughs> oh, oh, eat the rich. <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen, Jimmy? Sounds awful. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound it's good. I don't know. I, I don't know. I got a fucking dart in my neck. That's what it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> so he sold this photo, since we're going on it, Portrait of an Artist, in parentheses, Pool with Two Figures by artist David Hockney. He sold this for, what was the price on it? $90.3 million. This is good for an audio medium. Yeah. It looks like the Nirvana baby naked in the pool. It's a grown yeah, man. A grown a, man in tidy whiteies. It's not special. It's not special, that picture. Sounds like a yeah. it I, sounds like I, a laundering for Epstein Island <laughs> Island for me. There's I would I would just I would just say like probably it's bad and okay and, and we can move on with it. It's hard <laughs> to beat it in the like, <laughs> You guys don't want to go into like an art discussion because I saw a no, video where a guy talks about how modern art is money laundering. Right, that's what I was alluding uh, to as well. Uh, money laundering for pedophiles is what uh, what I think I saw. On the internet. Mike, I didn't go that, question. I didn't go that far. Mike, question for. All right. Um, what is your biggest complaint about Deserby, Jake? Silence. Uh, the uh, the the ability of his system to be counterattacked to death. Mm-hmm. Um, like you saw in the Wolves game, the one where Steele came out and made the guy go around him, and then the guy took a ill advised shot. Probably could, probably should have scored right there, but like that style of play where it's like everybody goes up. And then everybody has to come back, and most of the time we're getting we're getting wrecked on the counterattack. That that's my least favorite part of it. Every every system's going to have weaknesses. I get that, but if there was a way to shore it up, um, I yeah, splashing goals against that. the run of play is especially uh, deflating. You know, as a fan, definitely, but I'm sure as a team as well. You have the, the ball, you know, sixty seventy percent of the time on offense and then watching a counterattack happen is always like devastating so yeah 
Yeah, I, I believe it was – I think the worst one of it was the West Ham match Um, whenever that was. Yeah, didn't they have like 23% possession, something like that, against you guys? Uh, It was – the score was 3-1 to one, West Ham. We had 78% of the ball, 668 passes compared to 141. That's crazy. And yeah. they won 3-1. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's – that's wild. And then if that happened for Greg Verhalter, you know, he would say at post game, dominated the game. Dominated the game, should have won. Dominated the possession, dominated the game. He has no sense for it either. He's a moron, I tell you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that'd be my that'd be my least favorite thing. And then um hopefully I don't have to hate him when he leaves. Hopefully he picks a uh a smart time to do it. Right. Um, and so, not Chelsea. Huh? And not Chelsea. Yeah, not Chelsea. Please, no. Please, no. Um, Jimmy, best transfer of the season. For you guys. For, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well. Yeah. Um, well, shoot. I mean – I think Diaby's had, you know, a very positive impact so far on the team. Um, you know, but I think the far and away the best transfer for us was bringing in Pau Torres. I think it took him a minute to settle, and he kind of, like, got rushed into it a little bit. I think the goal was to, like, kind of ease him in with Mings playing, you know, most of the early games. Um, Mings gets hurt in the first game. Torres comes in. But you see his class, and uh, – you know, a huge, most impactful piece really in that in that first half run. And you saw just how important he was, you know, when we started to lose a couple guys here and there. Um, you know, immediately, you know, things kind of fore and fell off um, when he was not in the lineup. So I think for us this season, you know, bringing him in far and away, um, most impactful transfer, best transfer for us. Good business too, right? I think we got him for like thirty-five million, which is just a steal in today's today's market. So, um, yeah, nothing but good things to say about Powell. Yeah, that's who I was going to pick. I was super jealous of that move. Um, Via Real or Valencia's rivals, so I got to see a lot of them, and yeah, he's he's good. Indeed. Indeed. You know, he's, uh, I mean, nothing bad about Diaby or, and Tielemans, you know, being a free transfer too is uh, kind of paying off. It, it's been really good. I even like the some of the flashes from Zaniolo coming in on loan. So the I'm really pleased with the recruiting so far. Um, you, you can even count Duran as a transfer, and we don't have to get into the whole thing with him and Chelsea. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, good stuff. All right, so question four for you, Mike, is um, a little opposite from question two. Um, can you give me a, uh, quote, ode to Eric Dyer and Hugo Lloris, who both left the club uh, after being long-serving stewards, um, you know, moving on to, uh, you know, uh, former champions, LAFC and Bayern Munich, uh, respectively? Yes, um, that's uh that's a lovely a lovely thing yeah there to give an ode to both. Let me start with Eric Dyer who made his debut for Bayern Munich, which is 
wild that that's where he ended up of all places. Like a Tottenham cast out. It was in a game for Bayern Munich uh, just earlier today. So that was, that was wild. But uh, Eric Dyer, I, I love. Uh, I started to, to take notice of him 2018 World Cup when he ran full field and slide tackled. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Spanish defender. That's an asshole. My brain's just not working at all. Ramos. Ramos. That tackle on Ramos was uh, fantastic when he ran full field for the English national team. And then he had kind of like a, a first life before I ever knew him. He was a center defensive mid under Pochettino kind of before my time and then was always kind of a background player. But then Jose came in and started starting him at center back every single game, first name on the team sheet. And he had kind of a renaissance, and we were feeling ourselves for a little bit under Jose. But then uh, last year, he was just a sign of the times. Like any time he was starting at center back, we were going to lose the game. Uh, so nice to see him around for so long, but nice to see him go. Hugo, on the other hand, fantastic professional. Was with the club the entire time that I was. I thought he was a fantastic goaltender. A little bit shaky with his feet at times, but you know, long-standing Spurs guy captain of the squad i thought we screwed him over a little bit this year like i I thought maybe they could have left him on the squad a little bit more early on in the season like at least near the team but they kind of like outcast him this year so have fun in la hugo you earned it world cup winner um yeah that's all i got to say about that that's all i got to say say about that you see uh Byron was trying to get Trippier too. I did, yeah. yeah Kane, was, Kane was trying to get the band back together. Uh, fool, he's a fool. <laughs> Starting to look like Harry's not going to get a trophy this year, too. Oh, that poor guy. Poor fella, he'll have to weep into his mounds of money. Yeah. <laughs> and his golden boot trophies. <laughs> All right, Jake. All right. This is going to be a, kind of a long one. What is your all-time... Brighton 11. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a meaty, that's a meaty um, meatball. Start with goalie. I'm going to I'm going to go take a take a, a yeah. nap. I'll see you guys in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's going to be a while. Sorry. Um shoot. All right, hang on. Dunk. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna rip it off. This probably isn't the the real one that I'm gonna do, but I like um, it. So goalie, uh, I think as far as potential, uh, I'm gonna pick Verbruggen. Right back, I'm gonna go with um, oh, what's his name? I think his name is Montoya. Montoya, center back, Lewis Dunk, center back, prisoner of the moment, I guess, Van Hecke. He's turning into a stud. Left back, Purvis Estupion. Uh, defensive mid. I feel gross. Caicedo? It's, it's still nah, Caicedo. No, gross. it's still, it is. You can be you can uh, be a hater and angry if you want to, but it right. is. You okay. know it. 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1. Caicedo, uh, gross. Uh, attacking mid, McAllister. Left wing. Matoma, right wing. 
Tuffy. Did Knockhart play right wing? Anthony Knockhart? That's a good question. I, I feel like he must have, right? Speedy little guy, left footer, cut, cutting right. on the right side. No, screw Sounds- it. Not to admit. Not okay. to make a long conversation longer, but I never thought like we never brought up the whole fact that um, prior to you joining this pod, our favorite clip was the audio clip of Anthony Knockert's PK against Watford, which ended up in a Troy Deeney goal at the other end. Yeah. and it just, it's just <laughs> the most the most pure scream of joy I've ever heard in an announcer's voice when he shouted. Dini! And like the whole crowd just erupted. He I always, I always, I always forget that happened against you, and, <laughs> and we never bring it up. Oh no, no, no! That wasn't that wasn't Brighton knockout. That was, it was Lester. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was. Lester. Oh, okay, Lester. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's why. Okay, I, I just remember blue and white, and I was like, yeah. oh, "Was that? Was it Brighton?" Okay. Every time I see that clip, I watch the whole way through. It's so damn good. Screw it is. Screw right wing. I'm going to do two strikers. Bobby Zamora. Glenn Murray, and that's my 11. There you go. Oh, Glenn Murray. That's a good call. All right, you got your fifth and final question for Jimmy? I do. Uh, I kind of ran out of gas because I've been doing electrical equations in my head all day. Um, So I'm going to end this one with kind of a funny one. Why the fuck isn't Chelsea trying to buy your players? (laughs) Well, that's what we were just talking about is, uh, like, the rumor is, is that Chelsea might be interested in John Duran like initially on loan with an option to buy. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I don't know. I don't know why they like, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I think the biggest difference is, is largely like we have some nice young pieces, but largely the, our team is older. Like I think like on average, we're like, I wanted, I looked up, it was like three and a half years uh, older than like Tottenham. Um, you know, we're a, a squad of guys largely in their prime, like anywhere from that, like 26 to like 30 range. And so, um, those aren't the guys that you're buying right now to, you know, build, especially Chelsea with, with their current model of, um, all those things. That's why, like, even though they're, they're striker needy, you're not talking about like an Ollie Watkins or something like that. I'm worried I'm worried if shit happens or goes sideways with Tony and Arsenal in the in the, in the summer that they might come knocking for for Ollie Watkins. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I other than that, I don't know why Chelsea isn't isn't bothering us. I think that uh, that we have lots of lots of good players, and you saw Dendonker just moved to, to Napoli. Um, so I mean, we're we're moving some guys out. I think it's. Just kind of sharpening the squad at this point, not so much as adding and, and dropping. But I'm sure they'll come. Those transfers will come. Uh, whoever whoever gets Ivan Tony, it's just that's going to be a ridiculous addition. Did you guys see him play for Brentford again? Yeah, yeah he's he's good. first he's back. Eighty game game is that what it was? Something like. I mean, he was gone for a while. Yeah, but, yeah, that was sounds not right. Um, oh, quick note, Mike. Uh, first off the bench for my Brighton eleven, Neil Malpe, just because I, I still. Love I was it. wondering if he was going to get a shout. Actually, I almost uh, said it as a joke when you were saying striker. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, Malpe. All right. Um, question five from Mike. 
if you had to make a criticism of what Ange Postacoglu has done so far this season, what would it be? Uh, I think something is off with the uh, fitness levels and the system because there's an awful lot of hamstring injuries and it seems system related. So I think that's the big concern is like, we're just always one game away from another good piece of our team being laid up for three months with a hamstring injury. So that's, that's my biggest complaint so far. I I was going to say, like, I don't think that a lot of people are making this connection like I think that stylistically they have they certainly have different properties, but the required I guess the required fitness levels that we're talking about, like with the high pressure systems, you watched it happen with the early versions of Klopp's Liverpool teams. And then more famously, if you talk about like a like a uh, a shooting star of uh burned out energy, Leeds with Marcelo Bielsa, where they like were all action all the time and like basically ran ran themselves out right like they burned up like they they got worn out the system wore out um it is a concern I, I, there's like i said it's not like you know apples to apples but it's you know pretty fucking close um it's so it's just something to think about too uh el paso locomotive you forgot to mention them in what oh uh that system, like literally, like a, a perfect example of that system destroying bodies is El Paso I used, locomotive. I use that uh, your line because you had said it on the podcast in the Baltimore Spurs episode with that guy. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was talking about how you had an Ainge disciple at uh, El Paso, and we're complaining about injuries. So yeah, yeah. it is a concern. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I was gonna say not like the injury thing, but the. I mean, it's been fun as a casual to watch it, but I always wonder what the fans are thinking. Like that do or die high line is just craziness. The high line against Chelsea was the highlight of the season. <laughs> yeah, even though it was that that was wild. Yeah, that was epic. Nope, nope. Nobody does a high line better than Aston Villa. We caught like almost twice as many people off size as anybody else oh, uh, really? so far this season. Yeah, huh. like it's, it's fucking devastating. Like the the percentage of offside calls we get, huh. um, I mean, I'd have to look up. VAR has done such a big job in changing the way offsides works in the Prem now because it was all up to the discretion of the fourth official, the sideline officials, to call offsides, and I, I can't imagine how many goals would have been pulled back had VAR been implemented in you know in the nineties and stuff. It is crazy. And it's kind of refreshing watching the FA Cup without VAR. Gotta admit it, it's like a goal's yeah. goal. It's yeah, it, just, it goes, it goes in. No, like no whistle. Okay, yeah. no whistle, no flag. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. It's fun. It's fun until it goes against you. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, what the? F-? Although you, you saw Vinicius Junior's goal off his hand, still didn't get caught in with VAR somehow in the uh, in the Madrid game yeah i'm not sure what uh, they're looking at there simi they <laughs> were accounts. they were looking at uh them being madrid mm. or real madrid uh, I mean, right. was pissed let's give a quick uh who you guys playing in the fa cup you got sheffield jake and then jimmy's got chelsea chelsea yeah, we got sheffield 
and then we've got uh, City. So, how many how many of us do you think are going through to the next round? Um, Sheffield. I would I would assume Brighton is one. I mean, we lost we lost to like a fucking third division club in the League Cup last year. So, who knows? Yeah, it happens. You, you never know playing Chelsea. Um, they're super Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they're coming off of that 6-1 thumping of Middlesbrough on Tuesday. So, short week, I guess, for them. Like, heavily rotated squad, I'd imagine. You know, maybe we can catch them unbalanced. Um, you know, I, I like our chances just on form off the season. But, you know, they, they do certainly have a ton of talented players. So, we'll see. I think it's certainly possible. It'd be fun to keep going on multiple fronts and keep rotating our squad as well. So, yeah, I mean Tottenham, uh, they've been City's bogey club, especially at home. City has yet to score at New White Hart Lane. I have a feeling that will change on Friday, but uh, you never know. So we'll see. Got to play the games. Any final thoughts here as we wrap up our family-friendly hour? Of the Prem Show here on Rooster and the Villain yeah. and the Seagull. The most, the most polite. Did we? Yeah. Would this be? I can't remember now. I mean, usually it just slips out, but like, I always laugh at like our explicit rating on like Spotify when I see it. Yeah. Uh because it's just so so casual with the swearing. But this was such a polite episode. I don't know how much swearing actually happened. There here. was at least. I, I think I cussed like twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah J- Jake said some, uh, some cusses. I was saying some cusses. Okay. Damn it, Jimmy. You fucking asshole. We're going to keep swearing on here. Fuck, fuck, so, fuck, fuck. Well, I thought we might get one episode one time that didn't have the E next yeah. to it. Actually, Not I this time. That, I set that E manually. No, oh, too. <laughs> yeah, I could take that E off. So that's that's me putting the E no, off. Don't, no, don't. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's why we've never listening. been family friendly. Oh, don't, don't don't let your don't let your kids listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> are we? The uh, series are as clean as a whistle, though. I never say it. There's not a single swear word on those. The Bobcast. Alex is a mouth like sailor. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we? Uh, are we going to do a top five or is it rant time? James, Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, I say we say the top five. Let's uh, let's hone that in a little bit. I say let's go right to rant. So you know, we had a solid conversation there. The the five questions idea was was spot on. So yeah, we'll have to um, do it again sometime. It's a good way to do it, especially when it's like a slow week. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, everyone coming. Tom Tottenham hasn't played since the United game, which we're not even going to talk about. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. My final rant of the pod. Uh, I'm looking forward to USL Championship coming back on, USL League One coming back, Bobcats coming back. I'm seeing some preseason chatter, so I'm excited for some domestic football outside of the Major League Soccer. That's all I got. I'm very excited for USL Championship and whatever the Bobcats do. Um my rant is not soccer related. Um, Jimmy and I kind of touched on it briefly before the show started. Uh, there's something in the water in Charlotte. I have tried my best to remain a Carolina Panthers fan and a Charlotte Hornets fan. 
but there's just something there that turns team owners into fucking morons. Um, I I've had to sit through conversations on sport or sports debate forever talking about Michael Jordan being the goat. Michael Jordan's the greatest. I hate Michael Jordan. I not to mention I cooked for him one time when I was working at a restaurant in Wilmington, and he tips like shit, by the way. Ooh, but um, ooh, scandalous. He is not the goat. <laughs> the dude is not the goat. Would the goat draft Kwame Brown? Would the goat draft Michael Kidd Gilchrist, a guy who shot? Like he had some sort of like genetic disorder. It did look like that. Yes. Would the goat draft Adam? All hands too, apparently. Yeah. Would the goat draft Adam Morrison, a man with the worst mustache you've ever seen? It looks like he has to be kept away from middle schools, and apparently he never bathed. I I've had to sit through season after season after season of being just good enough to not make the playoffs and just bad enough to not get a lottery pick it. And then now we have David Tepper and (laughs) say what you want about, about Jerry Richardson. He was a horrible, horrible, horrible person, but at least we were winning. And I don't, I don't know if I should even make that comparison, but (laughs) regardless, at least we were winning 2003. 2015 were some of the most fun I've ever had as like an American football fan. David Tepper is an idiot. Like the 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 impatience when it comes to coaches. He had a coach last year in Steve Wilkes who the players wanted everyone to play for this guy and he fired him because it wasn't his guy. And then you had CJ Stroud or Frodo Baggins. I mean uh Bryce Young. Uh the guy's a hobbit. Um, you had the choice between them. He went with Bryce Young. He overruled the coach on that. I, I don't know what is in Charlotte that makes these billionaire dudes just turn into idiots. And I'm sure they were probably idiots anyways, but I hate it. And I just wanted to complain about being a Charlotte sports fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Tepper's also you, fired like three coaches for the MLS squad already. So, yeah, there's you, that too. Are, are you Are you done now? <laughs> I don't know. I can keep going. Mad. Oh, no. Hey, no, mad. L- listen, listen. Um, in, in regards to your Michael Jordan slander. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. No, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking it. <laughs> the man disrespected Isaiah Thomas. Like, why are you, why are you defending Jordan? Kobe, Kobe never drafted any of those bums. Kobe wouldn't have done that. Kobe's the goat. Kobe's not the goat. Kobe's the goat. Jeez. Kobe's the goat over Jordan. Kobe Go- never drafted Kwame Brown in the NBA. <laughs> That's why uh, this is the stick to soccer podcast now because uh, there's some I, insane opinions slandered in here. I hate Michael Jordan. I hate him. Bad owner, bad drafter, terrible tipper. I hate you, Michael Jordan. <laughs> but and a fantastic you. fucking basketball player. Nobody's yeah. accused the man of yeah. ever being a decent human fucking being. Yeah. He's just really good and, at basketball. Yeah, but his ownership directly affects me. The Chicago thing, I was like nine years old when he won his last title. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. It did strike me too that the Bobcats of Maryland aren't the first Bobcats that you've loved. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was gross. I almost <laughs> became a Knicks fan for a while because I just couldn't root for Boy, that's a team better. called the Bobcats. And now you're rooting for another team called the Bobcats. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a soccer team. It fits. Like, And they're yeah. named – I don't know why they're named the Bobcats, to be quite honest, maybe because there's Bobcats in that area. But the, the team was named after the former owner. That guy was a doofus too. But Michael Jordan, ugh, no. There's allegedly Bobcats in Maryland, but I've never seen – or heard of anyone seeing a bobcat around here? They're mean. Heard. Watch out for them. Jimmy, any final thoughts? No, I said all I needed to say. <laughs> knockout. Who won it? Scores it. Leicester City go to Wembley, and it's the end for Watford. Yeah.